morning, church. How you guys doing this morning? It's great to be back with you after Thanksgiving. I hope you guys enjoyed your time with your families. And like Josh said, we did lose our soccer game yesterday. But I'm still in high spirits and I'm fired up to be here. Amen. My name is Mike Mead. And uh, my wife and I, Ayumi, lead our teen ministry here in the East. And today, you know, I just really want to start off and say how grateful and excited I am to have the opportunity to preach to you. And not only that, alongside with one of my best friends, Ruben Alvarado. He's definitely, definitely been such a great friend and example in my life of a man of God. And uh, together we formed the newlywed team. Uh, we were just married both, so in the last three months. And, uh, but more than anything else today, we want to really express our gratitude for what God has done in our lives. And what we're grateful for. You know, it is the season. We just had Thanksgiving and we have Christmas coming. But I believe it's a time that we should really reflect on what God has given us and what we're grateful for. And so, the title of my lesson today as you see up here, is a living hope. A living hope. Hope is one of those things that you just can't live without, right? When life gets a little bit rocky and a little difficult, like most of ours does, hope keeps you from giving up and throwing in the towel. The dictionary defines it as looking forward to something with confidence. Now, I want each and every one of you to take a moment and think of a time in your life, in any situation when you felt hopeless. Whether as a disciple or before, think about a time when you felt completely hopeless. When something happened to you in which there seemed like there was no possible answer to the problem that you faced. Maybe when something completely unexpected came up in your life, and change the plans that you were looking forward to. Or as a result of your sin, you dug yourself into a hole that you couldn't get out of. Now think about how you felt in that moment. And then how you responded. And what was your response? You know, not too long ago, I watched a documentary on a young man named Terry Fox. And there should be a picture of him up here. Here he is. This is Terry Fox. He's a 22-year-old man that lost his leg because of cancer. And he ended up, he was a cancer research activist whose life left a great legacy of hope for those who had cancer as well. And I actually have a short clip from the documentary that I want to show you really quickly. Terry Fox is in the early stages of the biggest marathon of his young life. I want to set an example to people with disabilities. I don't think I understood how hard it was for him to run a marathon a day on one leg. I think I had more doubts than Terry. Terry was just, I'm going to make it. Terry is running from coast to coast, raising money for the Canadian Cancer Society. We did everything we could to try and talk him out of it. What would ever possess you to do something like this? You're an amputee. I like to take 12 miles and then take a break, then do another 10 more and take a break. 5 o'clock, step out of the van, run 12 miles. 
breakfast, speaking engagement, run eight miles. He's probably the most determined athlete I'd ever seen. It was very lonely. There was a snowstorm and there were ferocious winds. These were two young guys and it was just the beginning. They're not quite sure what they've got themselves into. Harry Fox, symbol for all of us. People saw this young skinny kid uh, running with one leg and were wondering, you know, what it was all about. A lady came screaming, get that freak out of here. No one in Quebec was aware of what Terry was doing and were trying to run him off the road. How have the pledges been going so far, Terry? Quebec was not very good. It was also where I think Terry really dug deep. Within four or five days, it went from people honking at you to get off the road to people slowing down, handing money to you. Suddenly we went, holy mackerel. We've never seen someone like that before. That beauty and strength and selflessness. The only important part about publicity is cancer can be beaten. He was knitting the country together. But it was happening so fast. People run alongside him on the highway. Large corporations are getting on the bandwagon. He's got to make it. <laughs> the press will tear you down as fast as they put you up. Right now, I don't need a doctor. And to me, it'd be a waste of time too soon. Come on, Terry! Terry said, I've lost control of my run. And it's crap. He totally broke down and cried. You ruined the whole run. I think that he was being chased by some darkness. He said, uh, I think this is, yeah. You know, as I watched this documentary, I couldn't, I really couldn't help but to be brought to tears when I watched it. Seeing this young man endure such pain for a, for a cause that was so much greater than himself. This 22-year-old man lost his leg to cancer. However, in spite of the circumstances in his life, he pledged to run across the whole country of Canada in hopes of raising $24 million for cancer research. Every single day for four months, he ran a, a marathon. That's over 26 miles on one leg. I've actually ran a marathon with two, and I don't ever want to run one again. But he ran nearly 3,500 miles, the distance from Florida to Washington State, on one leg. And eventually, he had to stop because the cancer had spread to his lungs, and eventually he had passed away before he had finished his goal. But what makes his story so inspiring is even though his current circumstances seem so hopeless, no one would have blamed him if he would have just stayed at home for the rest of his life with one leg. But he had an even greater expectation of his life after he had cancer than before. Through the challenges he faced, he hoped for a greater future for others who had cancer. And I'm not telling you guys to go run a marathon every day this week. That's not my point. But my question for you this morning is, how do you respond when hardship disrupts your life? 
What is your response to the trials in your lives? What do you do tomorrow when you show up at work or at school or you get a phone call with some unexpected news? How will you respond? Even seeing Michael Agabel lead songs this morning and the things that their family has gone through, but he's here giving his whole heart, leading us in worship. A man that is full of hope, a living hope. And fortunately for us, we have God's Word to guide us through the struggles we have today and tomorrow. And wherever you're at this morning, my goal is to produce gratitude for the hope that we've been given through Jesus Christ. So before we get into the Scripture, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank You for this morning. What an honor and privilege it is to to preach Your Word. In Romans 5, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. I want you to think again about that moment in your life when you felt hopeless. And when you and I were hopeless and we had no hope, It was Jesus who stood in the gap and died for your sins. When the need was great and there was no hope, you know what Jesus' response was? He died for your sins. He responded by giving His life so that you and I may have hope. So that we can look forward to something even greater in the future. His response gave us confidence and joy in the salvation that awaits beyond this life. But that confidence and hope only comes through enduring the trials that we face every day and letting those trials mold our character into who God wants us to be. There's no other way around it, and we don't like that. Nobody likes the hard times or the trials that we go through. But trials are a part of God's plan of giving us hope by strengthening you and I into becoming the men and women He wants us to be. And whatever trials you go through or you're going through right now in your life, there's a reason for it. They don't just happen. God's not trying to torture you. God has a plan for your life. If you're visiting, why are you here? What hope do you have in this world? When Jesus has given us a living hope. But the question still remains, how should you and I respond? 
Let's turn over to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. In verse 3 it says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. And we have a priceless inheritance. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by His power until you receive this salvation which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. There is a wonderful joy ahead. Even though you have to endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love Him even though you've never seen Him. Though you do not see Him now, you trust Him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting Him will be the salvation of your souls. The NIV version says, Through His great mercy you have been given a living hope. When we are born again, when we're baptized, we were given a hope beyond this world a hope beyond anything this world has ever seen. This world only knows heartbreak and darkness and sin. And there's no hope. You turn on the, the news for five minutes and it can leave you feeling hopeless. But we have been giving a living hope in the salvation of our souls through Jesus Christ. And because of this hope, our response to the trials in our life should be to live with a great expectation of what God can do. When the trials come in your life, do you you respond with a great expectation of God? Or do you doubt God? As great of an inspiration as Terry Fox was, he he couldn't take away the fear of death. But Jesus has. And will your life reflect that hope? What do you want and expect God to do? Because there's nothing too great for Him to do in your life. I think about every hopeless moment that I've had in my life. And many of them I've shared with you before. When I just felt like, what am I supposed to do? I have no purpose. I work. I work five days a week. I bust my butt. On the weekends, I party and I get drunk, and then I do it all over again. And where is my hope? This world left me with no hope. But because of Jesus Christ, and if we follow Him, and we give Him our life, we will have this living hope. The trials are guaranteed. But if you always hope and have great expectations of what God can do, the result will be the salvation of your souls. Amen? So how can we apply this to our life this week? You remember earlier in the year when Peter talked about praying big? How are those prayers going? 
when you didn't get what you wanted at first, or when hardship came, did you just give up on that prayer? Or did you expect more from God? I want to encourage you to pray big. Continue to pray big in your life. God wants it, but He's waiting for you to respond with great expectation of Him. Also in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, it says, In your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. I want to challenge everyone this week to share with someone that you don't know. It's easy to talk to someone that you know. It's even harder to talk to someone that you don't know. And I want you to share with them the reason for the hope that you have. To share with them about where you've come from and what you've been through. And I believe that God will work powerfully through your testimony. And if you're visiting, I want to encourage you to study the Bible and learn how to receive the hope that Jesus Christ offers. A hope that leads to salvation. Before we end here, let's turn our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. I hope this helps you this morning because as I did this study, I felt like it struck a chord in my heart. Because I felt like my response to the trials in my life aren't always hopeful. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, it says, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. Yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. If we endure and hold on to the hope that we have, we will have eternal glory. Imagine what we would look like as a church if we lived every day knowing the living hope that we have in Jesus Christ. We would be a church full of faith and great expectation of what God can do through our lives. I hope this has encouraged you today. I want to welcome up Ruben Alvarado uh, to preach the word.